What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back, everyone, to The Fix, live in the Prop Swap studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, and Doug Peterson. No more. He has a statue. He has a Super Bowl ring that he brought the the city after so many years. Uh, But the news broke today, of course. Doug Peterson is out as Philadelphia Eagles head coach. So it's always something, Johnny Mack. And we have John now, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. John, here we go, man. Where, Where do we start with this one? Well, Doug hasn't passed. He's fine. <laughs> I, I think he's happy uh, that he's out of here, to be honest. And uh, came to loggerheads. And, uh, I, you know, I, I go back to when the Eagles hired Doug Peterson. And a lot of people forget at the time because, um, you know, revisionist history and all the success in the Super Bowl. But remember, the Eagles – were intent on getting getting Adam Gaze, then Ben McAdoo didn't really want Doug Peterson had to had to had to settle for him. And if you also remember, uh, Jim Schwartz and, and Frank Reich were arranged marriages. They were hired for him to be the coordinators, and he ended up having that tremendous success. And then uh, as time wore on, Doug felt he earned the right to to. Uh, name his own coaches, and the Eagles never agreed with that. And that's that's what it all came down to. Um, and it all started really, not this time, but 12 months ago with Mike Groh. That's what started mm-hmm. all this. Um, and Doug acquiesced and, and was very angry about it when he, had to, when he had to fire Mike Groh. And when it came around to this season, and there were – in essence, ordering to him to do it again, he just said, no, I'm not doing it. And he played the game of chicken, and, and, and Jeffrey Lurie said, hey, we're going to go in a different direction, which is astonishing, less than three years off a Super Bowl championship. But that's where we are. Yeah, and that's – okay, I'm glad you, you wrapped it up with that because – you know, you're right. You, you look at where we started with Doug and where we, 
I don't want to say completely end it because we end it with the firing, but he won he won the Super Bowl as a head coach and you know all those things I he 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 progressed and matured and developed into a legitimate NFL Super Bowl winning head coach and I asked you last week I think I don't know what day but I asked you what did you see from Doug that he really needs to improve on outside of all of the other factors that contributed to his and the team's struggles and you know I just ask you John like how can we rationalize this decision? And I guess more importantly, how concerning is this decision? Or is it not as concerning as some people may think, myself included? Uh, well, I, I think it's concerning uh, from the standpoint of, of what it signals. And, you know, it's about a 45-minute Jeffrey Lurie press conference, and man, if you want to go through that thing, there's a lot of contradictions. There's a lot of scratching your head. What the heck are you talking about? Uh, everybody's going to focus on his defense of Howie Roseman. And by the way, I, I think you know part of that is correct. I, I think people um, who don't understand, uh, you know, boil his job down to personnel. He's got a much bigger job than that. And that's what, uh, that's what Jeffrey was trying to uh, explain with Howie. Um, but nobody cares about administrative duties, about hiring duties. All they care about is personnel, which is understandable. And, and you, you have to understand that. But when he was talking about Doug, I, I mean, he said he didn't deserve to be fired, but he fired him because we have different visions. And in essence, he said, well, Doug wants to win, and I don't think we're going to win. That's what he said. Yep. Uh, in essence, and I joked, well, maybe he's going to hire Brett Brown. Where are <laughs> we with this team? Uh, of course he wants to win. I go to. I, I mean, that doesn't mean you can win without personnel. Yeah. Look, if you have to rebuild with personnel, that's. I, I talk about it all the time. The NFL is cyclical. You're seeing it for the first time in two decades in New England. Eventually, the cycle comes around, and even a Bill Belichick has down years. It, it, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with having a down year if you're a good coach, but you're more likely to come out of the down years in a quicker fashion with a good coach. Mm -hmm. And that's what good organizations understand. At one time, I thought this was a good organization. Right now, I don't think it's a good organization. I, I have to be honest with you. Neither do I. And we've talked a lot about this over the past, I guess, two months, um, really when things started getting officially ugly, like there's no coming out of this, uh, you know, in the second half of the season with the Eagles. So not that this matters at this point, John, but this firing signifies to me that it certainly was not Doug's decision to bench Carson Wentz. Um, and then that decision in week 17, I think it was clear that that was Jeffrey Lurie's. Not that that stuff matters now, but I think it matters as a, as the future relates to this team. And it's clear to me now that Jeffrey Lurie is going to try and get Carson Wentz out of here. It doesn't make sense to fire Doug and keep Carson. That's how I'm looking at it. No, I, I'm going to disagree with you there. And in, in fact, I think it's a clear signal that Carson is going to be back. And I'll go one further. I, I do believe Doug Peterson ultimately benched Carson Wentz. It was his decision. I actually think um, 
Jeffrey and Howard were, were pushing in the other direction to not wow. mention, believe it or not. Um, and, and Doug just said, you know what, this is, this is awful. And he got to a point, much like he did with the coaching staff, and said, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what I think is best for this team. Um, I, it, it's, you know, I've been talking about it since day one. It is such a massive investment, uh, and not just financial, but when you talk about uh, personnel assets trading up twice, what they what they put into Carson Wentz, I think this is a clear indication that they want to try and fix things with Carson Wentz with a new coach and see if that jogs things. Uh, ultimately, I don't think it's going to, but I, I think that's their – that's their plan, and it comes down to the to the financial investment first and foremost, but also, uh, as I said, the football part of it as well, and how much they they built around him, how much they put into getting him. Um, they're not going to pull the plug. Um, um, you know, the one curveball could be Lincoln Riley, uh, who obviously had Jalen Hurts at. Uh, Oklahoma, and, and by the way, that is such an Eagles move. To, they called Lincoln Riley today and essentially said, are you ready? And if I'm Lincoln Riley, I hang up the phone and say, no, I'm making $6.5 million. I get to recruit here. I'm going to win tw- you know, 10 games a year and then lose to Alabama or, or Clemson <laughs> or whoever in the, bowl, in the championship series. Um, I hope he stays. But I, that is such an Eagles move, and it, it is so – they don't learn a damn thing from Chip Kelly. That doesn't make sense, though, John, that if they want to make it work with Carson and bring in a guy to try and turn that around, but they're going to bring in Lincoln Riley for Jalen Hurts. Well, no, I, I, they're not bringing in Lincoln Riley for, for Jalen Hurts. I said it could change when if they get Lincoln, if he gets here – uh, and he feels more comfortable. I think their assumption is he's, uh, and I put this in quotations, uh, the quarterback whisperer because he's had such success with okay. not only Jalen Hurts but Baker Mayfield and um, Tyler Murray, and, and they think he's going to be some kind of salve to solve everything with Carson Wentz. Uh, and ultimately, um, you know, Carson's got to fix his own things that have nothing to do with the coaching. Most notably, he's got to accept coaching, uh, no matter who's doing it, uh, realize his mechanics are awful, and rebuild them to where they were under John DiFilippo. Uh, And that's sort of a mental hurdle that he's got to get over, no matter who comes in here. Uh, And and if he does that, you know, he's a better quarterback. You've seen his ceiling. He's got a higher ceiling than Jalen Hurts. Lincoln Riley's not going to uh, come in here or come in anywhere and say, oh, this guy's from Oakland. If you do that, you saw a little bit of it with Chip Kelly, it, it, with all the Oregon guys that were here. But if you do that, I mean, you're you're destined for failure. Destined. <laughs> How does if, – if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, and I don't trust him anymore, so I don't – anticipate him doing this, but I, I back up the Brinks truck for, uh, Eric B Yeah. I, I mean, that has, and I'm going to be honest and people are going to like, not like this, that, that 
there's a lot of political issues with that because of how many times they passed over Deuce Daly. Hmm. And you see, Deuce Daly is so well-liked in this organization. Uh, so many people, and you saw Malcolm Jenkins today, uh, come out and immediately endorse Deuce Daly to be the next head coach of this team. Um, you know, the only candidate that Jeffrey would mention in his press conference was Deuce because he got asked about uh, the Rooney rule and hiring a minority. Uh, and to be honest, I think he got caught off guard and said to himself, oh, crap, that's right. Yeah. I have to deal with this. <laughs> um I, I, I'm I'm not even joking. I think yeah. he's caught off guard. No, I believe it. And if you could imagine, and it's nothing against Eric Bieniemy, hasn't who who was you know in my estimation should be the top candidate in this hiring cycle. Um, but to do it in this city and pass over Deuce Staley again, I I, was, I don't know how you do that. <sighs> I mean, you're 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 right, but I would I would say there's an argument from that from the political standpoint and the uh, you know the rule that you have to interview at least one uh, minority candidate for the head coaching job. If you're going to hire anyone, I mean, can't you make the argument that that makes sense? Like that's the one person that okay, if Deuce doesn't get it, that is okay. I'm tiptoeing around how to really word this question, but does, does that make sense? No, I yeah, I, I think it uh, – and, and again, you know, it's pretty evident because uh, the way he fired Doug Peterson, it's pretty clear he doesn't mind coming off as a horse's ass at this point in his life, so I suppose he could do it. Uh, there's nothing to hold it. But I, I, I would say if you look also uh, around – and these – Rumors go back far longer than uh, this he- this season um, and the Philadelphia Eagles. The thought around the league was that John Dorsey and Eric Bieniemy wanted to go a- as a-, a tandem to a new organization, as a GM coaching tandem. And now that John is in Philadelphia, in fact, I know he's pushing for Eric Bieniemy. But um, then I-, I don't think Howie wrote, I think that would, you know, I don't think that would make Howie Roseman happy to have John Dorsey seizing a little bit more power uh, with how close he is to the head coach. So for a lot of reasons, uh, I don't think Eric Bieniemy is a, is uh, going to happen in Philadelphia. I, I, I really don't think he's going to be in the mix for, for both of those reasons. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy to me. If I were to, and I want to get the Deuce Daly in a second because I, I tweeted something out about Deuce, and I'm not saying Deuce Daly is the best candidate or I think he should absolutely be the head coach, but if I'm Deuce Daly and I don't get this head coaching job, I mean, and, and you and I talked about this before just with him getting promoted. Like, at what point does Deuce say enough's enough and say, I'll, I'll go coach with Doug for another year or two, but I want out of this organization because if you're not promoting me now, when when are you? Yeah, I, I mean, I've said that for years. When, when Deuce got passed over for the first time as the offensive coordinator, uh, and, and there was at least uh, some talk, and there was a report from The Athletic that he denied um, but there was at least some smoke to the fire that he was considering going back 
uh, to his alma mater at South Carolina uh, to be an assistant coach. And I, and I do think he was upset at that particular time. Um, now, the Eagles made him assistant head coach. Um, they, they put him in charge of the developmental program. So he, he, he did have more power within the organization. And, and i got to be honest with you, when, when Doug got COVID this summer, he was running the team and running the practices. And to be honest, I was surprised by that. I didn't think the Eagles would do that. So uh, they did sort of give them that, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, pat, pat on the back. It certainly uh, was a clear indication that if, if he got uh, a bout of COVID during the regular season, as what happened with Cleveland, for instance, uh, he would have been the head coach, Deuce Staley. Um, so uh, he is sort of moved up the ladder uh, to as far as he can go. I do think if he's passed over, you know, Jeffrey, maybe the most interesting quote uh, and, and most contradictory quote in the whole press conference, if you want to read, if you want to read the transcript, is when he was talking about Deuce, he, he, he's going to be interviewed and he's going to be part of the search. What the heck does that mean? Right. I have no and clue. What, what it means is, you know, he, he's been there since 2011. Obviously, he was here as a player, but then he came back as an assistant in, in 2011 under Andy Reid, and he's been here ever since. So he's been here under three regimes. Jeffrey expects him to be here under four and take and stay as an assistant coach. That's what that tells me. Now, you know, if Doug Peterson gets the Jets job, and Doug Peterson does have a job within a week, as some have speculated. Um, yeah, then I think Deuce can go with him because he's got tremendous respect for Doug. And, and by the way, if that's the case, I, I, I think he should. I think he should get out of this organization because they have – I don't, I don't want to say they've, they've not been it, – it's kind of hard to say they've not been good to Deuce because he has risen up the ranks. He, he is the assistant head coach, and I mentioned – but, uh, you know, to go with Mike Rowe, to go with Press Taylor before Deuce Staley, it's kind of it's kind a slap in the face, yeah. to be honest. It, it's a clear slap in the face. It, it's one of those things where you have to be grateful. Like, if you're Deuce Staley, I, I don't you get put in this position without this team, but at some point you're, you realize your ceiling is where it is, and they don't want you any higher than – um, you know, where you're currently at. So I think for his personal development, he, he should leave. Like, he, he really should. I'd be almost disappointed if he sticks around just for him individually. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. So uh, we mentioned a couple of the candidates. Deuce Staley at the bottom of that uh, list as far as most likely. Eric Bieniemy's at the top. Lincoln Riley's somewhere in the middle. What are some other names, and who do you think is the next head coach we've heard of mike kafka uh joe brady but what do you think john mcmullen no i i would not again i would not put eric at the top for the reasons i i just said well the odds uh, i said I the odds put, on favorite <clears throat> yeah uh i would put oh, odds favorite yeah i did see uh bet online put him as odds favorite i i do not think he is i think mike kafka is a very strong candidate 
Uh, I think Lincoln Riley is a very strong candidate. Um, and, and I think ultimately Deuce is in the sort of Doug Peterson 2016 role. In other words, if they can't get Lincoln Riley, uh, if they can't get a Mike Kafka, he might be playing C, where the Eagles say, uh, okay, you know, we trust you. We know you're you're a good guy. We know you're a good person. We know you're a good organization. And you're a first-year head coach who can't ask for power. And to be honest, I think the Eagles like that. Here's a here's something crazy I'm going to throw at you and I don't I'm not saying this is even legitimate but like we've talked in the past about Josh McCown and I'm not saying he's deserving of a head coach spot but where does his name fit maybe not this time but next time around like could they bring him on in any capacity not as head coach but he seems like a guy and I know you've said this John that he's a, he's a guy that can and will be a legitimate head coach if he chooses to do so yeah, I, I've been, if there's going to be one guy, and I've written about this before and I've said it before, if there's going to be the Derek Fisher of the NFL, it's going to be Josh McCown. I, I don't know if anybody, in other words, Derek Fisher left immediately from playing to become a head coach uh, in the NBA, and I think Josh McCown could do that. I think he's so smart. He, he knows everything about offensive football, and I've always said this, and, and people would say, and, they, and that's why I used the Fisher example. They would say, well, he's got no experience. And I'm like, what, what is playing <laughs> a position for two decades if they're not experienced? Yeah. I mean, and, and it, it makes no sense to me. And I think at some point somebody's going to think out of the box. Now, the Eagles like to think of themselves as innovative, but they're, they're really not. They, 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 and, and if you look at it, and if you've been paying attention to the hiring cycle in the six teams, the Eagles are the seventh team, and who they've been interviewing, same people, every city. You maybe have one outlier. It's the same exact list. And that's the way this league has been for years. I, it's going to happen eventually. And, and, you know, Josh was still playing. Obviously, he, you know, he was he was the COVID quarterback here for the Eagles uh, and, and quarantining in case. Uh, and then the Texans, and people talk about the Texans, uh, brought him into the building for that reason, because they wanted to get him in the organization and start grooming him to be a potential head coach down the, down the line. Now, the issue there is they've completely shifted gears again, and they have a new GM. And they have a quarterback who doesn't want to be there because he wants Eric the enemy. Uh, and, and he's very concerned about social justice issues and thinking that Houston's not doing what they're supposed to do. So there's a lot of moving parts. But, yeah, I mean, Josh McCown, as soon as he decides, okay, I want to start the clock on this, he's going to be head coach really, really quickly in this league. Uh, is the New York Jets the spot that you predict – Doug Peterson to go to? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if he doesn't go to the Jets, and, and the timing is, is problematic here because Jeffrey waited so long. Like, if it were Black Monday uh, and he fired Doug when he should have fired Doug, uh, he, he'd have a job. Um, 
I, I do think we're so deep into the hiring cycle. Uh, if the Jets don't hire them, and remember, they've interviewed, whatever, six or seven candidates, and they might like somebody else, and they might go in a different direction. If that's the case, I think they'll probably have to wait a year, and then they'll get a job next year. But the timing is 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 a little bit of an issue for Doug. But, you know, Joe Douglas loves him, vice versa. Uh, I think it would be a home run hire for the Jets. I think Joe would be very smart to say, you know what, if he's close with somebody else and he's gone through this interview process and, you know, made some promises, to be honest, you know, it's business. I would say, you know what, I, I, he wasn't available when I talked to you. And I'll use another basketball analogy. You remember Larry Hughes, the old sixer? Yep. Um, Larry Brown promised him he would take him in the draft. Didn't know Paul Pierce would be there. And he, and he kept his promise, even though he knew he shouldn't have. Business is business, man. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's crazy. We'll, we'll see where all the dominoes fall here. Uh, as the NFL playoffs are just getting really started. NFL wildcard weekend comes to a close Eric Bieniemy is at the top of the list for a lot of people. So once the Chiefs end their run, maybe that's when dominoes really start to fall. Who, who knows? Um, but Doug Peterson, I don't think, will be unemployed for too long. Uh, John, we only have a few minutes left, but just give me your overall thoughts, your biggest takeaway, whatever it may be, from NFL Wildcard Weekend. Oh, boy. I, I, I think you have to deal with that final game. I mean, that was the biggest surprise to me, how Cleveland uh, handled that situation. And then from the other standpoint, how, how Pittsburgh mishandled the situation. And maybe, you know, I didn't give enough credit to the human nature of saying they probably thought they were just going to walk all over Cleveland. And the exact same thing happened. And then I go to that fourth and one. They're coming back in the football game. And Mike Tomlin punts the football on fourth and one. Now, if they would have converted that and they went down the score, they would have made it a one score. The pressure would have been incredible on Cleveland, which is obviously not used to being in that situation. Doesn't have a head coach. Kind of always knows they lose to Pittsburgh. Who knows? Maybe they fall apart under that kind of pressure. But, man, when you get behind by that much, and I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. You got to take some chances. That was just—I I can't get over how bad that decision was. Yeah, that was that was absolutely atrocious from from start to finish. And and that decision, I was screaming like, "What is he doing?" I don't—I I didn't even understand it. Um, the Browns were up by essentially what three scores within a blink of an eye, and now they have the lovely task of the Kansas City Chiefs. They're a 10-point dog. Uh, how ugly does that game get? Because, I mean, the Browns, like I said, they were up 21 nothing, 28 nothing in a blink of an eye. I felt like they didn't even do anything. It's like, how did we get here? And now they have to figure out a way to just stay competitive with the Chiefs. Is there any chance they do so? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things. You see it all the time. You win that first week, you get so high, and then all of a sudden you, you face the team on the bye, and there's only one bye team on each side This this for the first time. But And then 
<laughs> reality hits you in the face. And unfortunately for Kevin Stefanski, I think that's going to happen. And, and he's probably going to have some idiots say, you should have Mike Cree for coaching because he's <laughs> going to come back and yeah. they're probably going to get waxed. But, you know, it's still a great story for Cleveland to be, be there for the first time and that many at Buffalo as well. Um, winning, winning a playoff game. So that part of it is, is good. But, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and I don't like the Browns' chances. Unless yeah. Patrick tests positive in the next couple of days. You never know. You always got to throw that caveat in there. No, it's true. It's true. Anything can happen here uh, throughout the week now until kickoff. So uh, who knows what we'll be talking about when – Friday night rolls around at this time, but John will join us all week, 1030, same time. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen, McMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and host of Extending the Play right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. All right, John, go watch the rest of this beatdown that BAM has given Ohio State. (laughs) Shocker. I I didn't predict that one on the program, did I? No, you, you got that really wrong. (laughs) <laughs> all right thanks ryan appreciate it absolutely thank you there he is johnny mack and yeah death taxes in alabama winning the national title it's it's a joke <laughs> it's, it's almost as big of a joke as uh jeffrey Lurie and the philadelphia eagles